0: And you you want to you want to give your best appearance um it would be like one welcoming a king or a, a political leader they would obviously plan ahead they would prepare they would clean and they would want it to be an acceptable environment for that person uh, so as to provide a distraction-free environment or um uh, like an example of that uh, we have a, a team of ushers here at church and every every Sunday morning these guys get here early and their duties are to to clean to set up things in the sanctuary to restock all the bathrooms all these different tasks all of them with the the goal of providing a distraction free environment so little things like having tissues up in the front and in the back and passing out bulletins so that people know what's going on. Just simple things like that uh, help to create a distraction-free environment. Um, and so I'm, sh- I'm sure Mary had that same type of heart. Uh, but, I mean, Martha, but verse 39, we see Mary. Um, and the way she's described is really interesting. It says that uh, she had a sister, Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, so that 's the the first description of her that we see is that she 's sitting at Jesus feet and hearing his word, and this is a perfect example of someone who loves the Lord and desires to please him with worship in an act of submission um, in an act of honor um, to be able to be sitting at his feet intently listening um, and that that shows that she was paying close attention to him, that she was Probably eagerly wanting to hear what he was saying, uh, and this is this is something we all need on a daily basis to have that longing, that desire to to hear what Jesus has for us for each day we can We can read his word and feel like we're not getting anything out of it, but when we're sitting at his feet and looking up to him, asking him, "Lord, what do you have for me uh, he's He's very faithful to speak to us. And the way he speaks to us is through his word like like we see with Martha It says she was listening to his word, and there's there's nothing that is more refreshing than to to hear the Word of the lord to to understand the Word of the Lord, to be able to apply it it's It's like when the world around us is going crazy, we can always fall back and lean on the word and be comforted, and rejuvenated, and revived, and refreshed from all those things that we can, we can see in the Word. It's like a, a glass of lemonade on a hot day, or fruit on a hot summer night. It's, it's a perfect refreshment. Um, the psalmist put it this way in Psalm 119, 103. He said, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey on my mouth. Uh, these these words, the Word of God, are the enduring substance by which we can filter everything in our lives. Everything that someone says, everything that people say, everything that happens around us, we get to filter that through the Word. Uh, another verse for you: Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof." for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, or some translations say the servant of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God definitely has various purposes. And from this verse, we see that those purposes are all listed out for us. And it's it's extremely useful, especially in the life of the believer. It's vital that we have the word of God. Um, and that the Word of God is a regular part of our lives that we 're constantly being drenched in it that it 's so it 's filling us up so much that we 're overflowing and having to share with other people because it 's just on our heart always, um, but we see through Paul that he 's addressing this young pastor Timothy um, and he lists the purpose of the word. Being that the man of God or the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when we read the word, when we hear the word, and when we apply the word, we have to do all those things before we can serve. We need to understand why we're serving, who we're serving, and all these things because if we don't even know who we're serving, is there really a point to serve? If we don't have a an understanding of what service is, how can we effectively serve? So it's important to look back on the word and to just just dwell on it and be refreshed from that. Um, a quick little word study here. Again, I, I love to look at words and to just see what the original Greek and Hebrew says. So looking at um, back with uh, Mary, when it says that she heard the word of the Lord, um that word translates. That word "heard" translates from the Thayer's Greek lexicon. It says to hear, to attend, to consider, to understand. And how many of you are parents in here? If you can raise your hand, okay, yeah, a lot of you, a majority. Uh, you probably know that there's a difference between hearing and listening. Like you can tell your your kids, "Hey, did you hear what I said?" And they'll say, "No." Well, were you listening? Yeah but you didn't hear what I said. Uh, It's like listening is almost like you're looking, but it just goes in and out. Hearing means you're wanting to understand what someone is saying. So when it says Mary was hearing the word of the Lord, it probably means that she was wanting to receive that and wanting to take that in. Um, And it's always important that we understand that Hearing and understanding the word of God is more important than serving, and it's more vital than any work we can do. So looking at verse 40, um, as we move on, it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So again, like we, we looked at Martha, she probably had good motives. She probably had the best heart, that she wanted a, a clean environment for the Lord, that she wanted things to be in order. Uh, she wanted to be a hospitable host, and, of course, she wanted Jesus to feel welcome. But the problem is that she wanted and did all these things in the wrong context. See, Mary had it right. It says she, she chose the good, the good part. Martha was distracted with the serving. Um, that word "distracted" again. Distracted translates as to be overoccupied, too busy, distracted with cares and troubles. Again, that's from the Thayer's. Um, and it it says that she was distracted with serving, and that word "serving" in Greek is diakonia. It's where we get the the verb, or it's yes, it comes from the verb diakonos. Which translates as servant or minister, or also it translates as one who prepares food. So, um, for for people who have guests over, it's it's pretty much a given if you're inviting someone over to be prepared to have food, right? So, Mary um, and Martha were ex- most likely expecting Jesus and the disciples. Um, so, Martha would be preparing food, cleaning all these these regular tasks. Um, but the problem is that she was distracted with them. It became more of a hindrance to her time with Jesus rather than being able to enjoy the time with Jesus, and rather um, she wasn't able to be refreshed, renewed, or revived because she was distracted. And can't that happen a lot with us? We can get be very distracted with serving. I know for me that can happen so much. I can... Just get into these cycles of just, oh, I'm serving, I'm serving, I'm serving. Uh, but I'm missing that time of refreshing. I'm missing that time of being poured into and sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. Because we can, like I like I use that example, we can listen to God's word all the time and not get anything from it. But when we hear God's word, when we're wanting something from it, when we're wanting to be refreshed, renewed, and revived, then we can we can see that made manifest. Uh, we can be immersed in work, in ministry, in school, in life, that we miss out on the joys of loving Jesus and the the lessons we can learn from hearing his word because his word is filled with so much good stuff. Um, a quick little um, detour, we're going to look at Exodus 31. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Um, we're going to look at verses 16 and 17. And this this comes after um, Moses had gone up the mountain and received the commandments. Um, and this is kind of an explanation of one of the commandments. So verse 16, it says, Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth And on the seventh day, he rested and he was refreshed. So since the the beginning of time, God has designed that man should rest one day out of seven. Now, this could be literal. This could be that we take a day off every, every six days. We take the seventh to rest. Or this could be spiritual where... There's just periods where we're moving and we need to take a day off. We need to step back for a minute and be refreshed. Um, it's a commandment here. It's not an option for us. And the Lord designed this very intricately and very, I mean, he's He's a genius. The fact that he would think of things like this, uh, the fact that he would think that we need to rest after taking a, a period of work or ministry. Um, we need to... Uh, understand that God desires that we be fruitful, that we be working, and that we be active, but he also desires that we rest and that we be rejuvenated. I mean, the fact that it says that on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed, that's amazing. It's an amazing picture for us to see that it's almost like that time of rest is a recharge. It's like a taking a rechargeable battery and plugging it in. You can on your phone, you can see that it moves up. Sometimes it's faster than others. Sometimes it takes hours to, to recharge. But uh, the point is that you need to be plugged in and refreshed and recharged. Uh, when we find ourselves acting like Martha, um, we tend to approach the Lord in ways that he didn't intend us to approach him. You see that it says that she went up to the Lord, or she approached the Lord, And said, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? A verse for you, Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. This picture here in Hebrews is way different than what happened with Martha. Martha directly went up to Jesus, approached him, and then she commanded him. Which is, as a big no-no. Um. This verse here in Hebrews, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Without grace, without Jesus' sacrifice, we can't approach God's throne. We aren't worthy. We're not holy. We're not perfect. We can't even be in the same realm as God. God has to have holiness, has to have perfection. Uh, This verse in Hebrews is, when we approach his throne through grace, this is more getting into the concept of worship. This is getting into entering through God's presence, through His Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. Not us going up to God and saying, "Hey, I demand this right now because I think that's what's best." Because I've done that before, and guess what? The Lord shuts you down really quick. Um. Uh, see, when we're in when we're in those states, rather than approaching. His throne through worship, through submission, through sacrifice. Uh, and with the intent to hear, we approach him with the hopes that he's going to do what we command him. And that, that he's going to obey our every wish and our, our every desire. And if if that were the case, if he was just like a genie that did whatever we want, the world would be in so much chaos because sometimes it's like lord i really wish i had a million dollars right now um and he's like you know what if you had a million dollars would you even trust me you'd just be living on your own man having all these cars and houses and yeah just yeah that would be chaos but um it's a dangerous place to be to be like that it's also an unfruitful place um because you can't produce fruit on your own like we've been looking at through john 14 we need to be connected to the vine. We need that to be our life source, um, and we need to be relying on Jesus as our life source, as the the vine that holds us up, because we're described as the branches. We aren't the vine. He's the, the center of our lives, and we're just offshoots from him. Um, he needs to be the one that supplies the power for us to grow, because we can't grow by ourselves. We can try all we want to, to grow and to stretch as much as we can, to be as big as we can, but he's the one who supplies that power in us. Uh, and when we aren't attached to the vine and relying on the vine to be our source of life and power, we go our own way and we start becoming prideful and worrying about what others are doing to the point that, we're we're feeling entitled to command the Lord. So when we're going our own way, it puts us in some really, really bad places. Uh, and what's cool is verse 41 here, you see the compassion in Jesus' voice. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So just right here, Jesus, Jesus uses these words. He says, you're worried and troubled, or some versions will say, anxious, um, troubled in her heart, um, distraught, um, all these, all these different things. And Jesus just says, Martha, Martha, like just sits her down just for a second, pulls her aside. Um, and he says she's worried and troubled about many things. And one question I had is what are, what are things that we're worried and troubled about today? What are things that we can release to the Lord that we can entrust to him? Um how can how can we as believers lay those things at his feet and learn to hear his word how can how can we do that or even if you're not a believer how can you approach Jesus if you don't even know him yet so think about that if you if you don't even know Jesus how can you approach him and we'll we'll come back to knowing Jesus Uh, but verse 42, it says, but one thing is needed, which Mary has chosen and she has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose the good part, the good part of serving the Lord, the good part of following the Lord, because following the Lord, loving the Lord, uh, dwelling in his presence, sitting at his feet and worshiping him. Those are such good things. Um, and they they can't be compared to anything else. We can, we can do all these things for the Lord, but that doesn't compare to when we're sitting at his feet hearing from him and getting that recharge, getting plugged back into him and uh, getting filled up. Um, William McDonald said this when he was talking about this verse. He said, Our Lord prizes our affection above our service. Our Lord prizes our affection above our service. He wants our love. He wants our heart. He wants our desires, our dreams, our goals, all those things. He wants that far before he wants us to serve him. We can we can do a lot for him, but that's not what he desires. He doesn't say, I want you to go and do all these things for me. No, he says the greatest commandment was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say the greatest commandment was serve the Lord. He never says that he desires that we should love him and love others. And we could get into that topic of, of love and what that means to, to love others, but we're not going to get into that. Um, When I was, when I was thinking about these verses and looking at them, um, I found this, this really sweet old hymn um, written back in the, the 1800s. Um, it's, the title is, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Um, and there was a line I found in there. It says, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest prom- upon his promise, and to know, thus say the Lord. And that was written by Luis M. R. Stead. And what I got out of this is, don't we crave rest? I don't know about you, but after a day, even if I don't do anything all that day, towards the end of the day, I just feel tired, just burned out like every day. And I just crave that rest. I love just laying in bed and just that time right before falling asleep where I'm just laying there not having to do anything. It's it's so sweet. And I feel like this this hymn really captured that just to take Jesus at his word just to rest upon his promise and know thus say the lord that's that's an amazing thing when we think about it don't we desire to be refreshed and renewed and revived to f- to have that refreshing like a glass of lemonade on a hot day or like a piece of fruit on a hot summer night that that's something that's just for me at least it's i crave that all the time and how can we find that except by sitting at Jesus's feet and hearing his word that's kind of what i what i got out of this passage right here and not just not just listening but listening with the intent to be grown and to be filled with his spirit more to the point of overflowing that it would cause us to serve not that we would want to serve before we hear his word but that serving would be a result of hearing his word um couple, couple quick verses before I close out. Um, I'm just going to read them, and I'll give you the references if you want to jot them down. Um, the first one is Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Next one is Psalm 27. One. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Next one is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The last one here, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the word of the Lord. These are God's words to us. His love letter written to us that we would open it, that we would not just glimpse over it and read over it because we can have that tendency to, Oh, I got my daily devotion in. I I read two chapters today. Uh, But sometimes it's more sweet. It's sometimes it's more fulfilling and refreshing to maybe even just take one verse, maybe just look at one concept. Maybe just look at one chapter. If, if you're a big reader and just dwell on that, just sit on it and, let God speak to you through that because there's been times um, in my life where sometimes I'd come across a verse and then I would try to read something else and nothing else would make sense except for that one verse and it'd be like okay Lord what's up with this verse like why are, are you showing me this and then he'd just be like sometimes it'd just be like just wait just wait and see or other times it'd be like okay I'm gonna show you a quick little glimpse of this but you're gonna have to wait after it anyways um and that's what's amazing about God's word is like it describes in Hebrews, it's it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts deep into our hearts. There's so much in the word that we can glean from, that we can understand, that we can know. Again, verse verse 42, But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. See, culture changes, people change, Life changes, but the Word of God never changes. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And those are just simple promises that we can learn, that we can understand. I heard it said that most Christians know maybe 1% of the promises in the Bible. 1%. Imagine if Christians knew 10%. That would be about 450 promises. So one for every day plus a quite a few more imagine if christians knew 20% 30% imagine what kind of lives we'd be living if we kn- knew those promises remembered them memorized them but were also able to live them out to to understand them to dwell on them and to act them out imagine what our what our service life would be like imagine what the kingdom of god would look like if we were to take those things in, to understand them, and to apply them. And I believe that's the the point of this passage right here, uh, was Jesus showing us that it is so much better to sit at his feet and to hear his word than it is to serve. Serving is just an added bonus to our life, but our life is about sitting at his feet in worship, in submission, and just in awe of who he is. And I, I believe that's what, what Mary was able to see. And I believe that's what Mary or Martha missed out on was that joy of sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. So let's close off in prayer and we'll have the, the worship team come up and do our last song. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the power that is in your name, Lord, the power to break every chain, God. We thank you for all the, the promises that are found in your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, Lord. That you are the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That you are our God. That you have adopted us into your family. That you've called us your sons and daughters, Lord. And most of all, Lord, we thank you that you've allowed us, by your grace, to enter your throne room and worship, Lord. We want to set aside this time tonight, Lord, to worship you, to fellowship, Lord, to draw near to you as we draw near to your family, Lord. Um, We pray that you be with us, God, that that you just bless this time, Lord. So we give all these things unto you. In your name, amen.